Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show. And on the off chance that when you listen to this episode, you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode, don't say anything, because that will make me cry. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm not joking when I say I don't know how long it's going to take from the time I hit the button until we're live, uh, but yeah. I imagine that we are live by now. So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael. And tonight I have an extra special guest co-host with me. You know him. You love him. He is Taylor, also known as Leviathan Files on Twitter, from Game Closet, Riverhouse Gaming, all around cool dude. Taylor, welcome back to the show. Hey, Michael. Thank you for having me back. It has been a while. I think one of our last trials was when I was on. Um, I am yeah. super pumped to be back. I love hanging out with you and chatting with you um, and just doing all sorts of awesome RPG Academy stuff. Yeah, it's it's always a good time. Yes, I believe you were on last for the trial of Threadbear, yep. which has been several months. Again, I've been on sabbatical for about two months now. I've been very lowly active on i've done a couple things but i really haven't been doing as near as much as i usually do uh but again the catacon is full and swing right now i'm totally busy with that i'm like i got three emails today i'm like oh yeah i was supposed to follow up with you on that sorry <laughs> uh so i'm scrambling to get stuff done uh so yeah. tonight's kind of a weird show i think technically we're just gonna call it a bonus episode and we'll do it like a q a uh yeah. we haven't done a live show in a while so i don't know how many people we'll have in chat but We'll, you know, it'll be like a live Q&A. Anyone in chat wants to ask us some questions, they can. And if there's no questions or while we're waiting for them, you and I will just chat about what's been going on uh, in our geeky lives in the last few months. Uh, yeah. So I'll start with you, Taylor. Anything new going on that you might want to talk about? Hmm. Maybe a couple things. If I think really hard, I can think about them. Um, yeah. No, I launched a Kickstarter recently. Whoa. Um, on September 19th, I pressed the launch button um, on 13 Demon Princes, which is uh, a hack of my favorite LARP in the entire world. It's called Singularity. Uh, it's by Josh T. Jordan and Arabel. Uh, and the original game, Singularity, is a transhuman dating show LARP. So think like Eclipse Phase meets The Bachelor. Um, okay. <laughs> right? It's very high concept. Yeah. I love it. Um, it's super on brand for me. Uh, and so I, I fell in love with Singularity, um, like before it even came out. I was one of the Kickstarter backers. Um, and, and I just like really fell head over heels for it. Um, and, uh, friend of the show, Megan Dornbrock, who runs the Modifier podcast, um, and I were just kind of like, uh, tweeting, um, just randomly about, uh, Skyrim and the 13 Daedric princes that like created the Skyrim universe. Um, and we were talking, wouldn't it be great if there was a melodramatic dating show or visual novel uh, where we could explore all the, like, sordid romantic lives of these 13 demon princes? 
Um, and then uh, Josh Jordan reached out to me and said, hey, you know, if there's anyone who I trust with the rules for Singularity, um, please do this thing. And 13 Demon Princes is here. Nice. Uh, so I, I'm super excited for the, the Kickstarter for that. We are um, we're over 75% funded. We're kind of in that like middle campaign slump right now. Yeah. Uh, where every day I just lose more and more hair yeah, up it, here. It's the dark times. <laughs> yeah. Because you start out and everything's so exciting and everyone's behind you. And then yep. you slowly fade into nothingness until like three days before it's over and then it's back up again. Yep. Um, so we're at like $1,577, which is flabbergasted. Like, I'm so surprised, um, even like that level of support. Um, we jumped up really quick the first few days and then kind of evened out in that middle. Yesterday, I think we broke even in terms of canceled pledges oh. and people who added on, uh, which was great. Um, but yeah, we're, we're plugging away. Um, I, I have been told by Twitter algorithm, like, bloggers and people who have run campaigns before that we are essentially going to make it. Um, but that doesn't mean that like, I can't encourage you um, listeners right. and viewers. Yeah. I mean, you um, can crawl over the finish line or you can just blast through it either way. You're, you're yeah. happy. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's just get it over with now. And then it's like, you can relax for that last, you know, week and a half. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I am so stoked about this project, and even if we don't fund uh, 13 Demon Princes as I envision it will happen, it just will take me a lot longer to do, um, because the the funds that we're trying to gather through the Kickstarter are um, essentially to pay guest writers and guest artists to help me make this thing. So from the onset, this was never a project where I was saying, here is a game that I have written for you to play. It's it's always been here is a group project of amazing people and designers who are all pitching in uh, to make these amazing, melodramatic, over-the-top, um, sexy, sorted, uh, like weird demons. Um, all of our guest writers are designing one of the 13 demon princes that you will be able to play in the game. Um, and then we have some really awesome people who I am in talks to do the art for. Um, Meg included, also one of my great friends uh, in the Twin Cities area, Aaron King. Um, Aaron, I hope you're watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron has some really fantastic uh, stuff up on the DMs Guild. His art looks incredible because it's collage-based. It looks like Coronamish Bosch painting with like all of the weird like demon horns. Um, it's it's just a fantastic aesthetic. Uh, so I'm super pumped to have Aaron in. Um, and then for layout, we, we've got a friend who is VJ from the Hedged In podcast, um, who is also doing the layout for us for Descent into Midnight, which is another game that I'm working on. Nice. Um, so I, yeah. I'm, I've never LARPed other than I run a few games that probably should be called LARPs, uh, Scooby-Doo Dread particularly. I've, I've realized <laughs> the Dread Tower is so secondary to that game at this point. Um, so... Give me the the elevator pitch. What what would I actually be doing when I played this? Like, what what does it look like as far as rules interacting with people? Yep. Um, so the the actual LARP rules for Thirteen Demon Princes and Singularity um, are are relatively simple. Um, they are to do it, you do it. Um, so try and act things out as you are best able to. 
Hey, Mike. Mike's in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Short man Ian has joined us as well. So a couple of our regulars. Thank you both for joining us. And it looks like we have a few more people that are here, but I haven't checked in with chat. Totally cool. You don't have to say hello in chat if you don't want to. But if you do, please say hello so we know you're there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the LARP rules essentially just like act stuff out. Um, you know, it might be awkward at first, but the way that the game is positioned and like the, the script of the LARP uh, essentially um it really helps you out so uh, it does model those shows like the bachelor or survivor um love boat uh you know the dating the dating game um all those things where it's like very formulaic like here is this group date uh you are at a restaurant or you're at a concert hang out together and then um it goes into second dates uh if you're familiar with singularity that's where uh, each of the contestants will get like one-on-one -on -one time with the star um, to like try and have like their own fun romantic moments. Um, and really, it's it's um, it's kind of low buy-in in terms of LARP activities. So you're not going to be like swinging around a sword. I'm not expecting folks to know how to fight. Um, you know, hopefully there isn't violence in <laughs> Thirteen Demon Princes. <laughs> um, but if that's the story that you want to tell, like more power to you. Go for it. Um, yeah, so like, I think it's really fun to look at folks who are getting into LARP using games like Thirteen Demon Princes or Singularity um, to like have that open door. Singularity was my first LARP; it remains my favorite, um, and I, I wanted Thirteen Demon Princes to be accessible in the way that Singularity was for me. So the the first thing that comes to mind for me is the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. I know they're not related in any way, but just that's, as soon as I read that, I'm like, is that what? No, okay. Uh, so my other question is obviously, so I got 13 demon princes. Does that mean we need 13 at least people to play as demon princes? Or is like certain games, only two of the demon princes are there? Like how many, what's the minimum number of people you would be able to play this with? Yeah, so um, the game supports anywhere between four and 14 players. Uh, so there's always going to be the host who is running the show. They are a demon of entertainment. Ah. Um, so when I should take a step back, when you are playing 13 Demon Princes, you are playing a television show that is playing the story. Hmm. Um, so you are pretending to be filming this TV show for the nine levels of hell. Uh, so you have your host. You always need a host. Uh, and then um, you need three Demon Princes at minimum. Um, one to be the morning star whose affections the contestants are competing for, and then at least two uh, to be contestants vying for the affections of the morning star. Um, that said, you can play 13 Demon Princes with 13 Demon Princes and the host. Um, I found that the kind of magic number is between like five and seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. so that so, so I, go for it again yeah. and just me trying to figure things out here so like i was envisioning that we had the demon princes but we also had our quote-unquote contestants who were like normies so this is also like everyone who's playing is is a one of the 13 demon princes and they're yeah. trying to date one another or there's a particular one that's like the the main okay so right off the yep. bat i i was completely off in left field here so okay now i'm tracking <laughs> Yes. So you are all demons. You are all trying to compete for the affections of the Morning Star. Um, I'm going to quick pull up the page for 13 Demon Princes because the names of these demons are quite long. Um, I, I like to joke that my superpower in RPGs is naming things. 
Um, and I may have outdone myself on this. I, I think that's my kryptonite because I am <laughs> terrible at it. Um, so while you're looking that up, uh, not another Nathan also chimed in. That, uh, he is with us tonight as well. And someone had asked me about the murder mystery LARP that I am working on for a catacon. And it is well along the path of a Michael progress, which means I've done absolutely no work, but I'm not yet terrified about it. So <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I've got, I got a couple of things working in my head. Uh, like I've got a basic idea of what well, actually what I'm trying to figure out is it's supposed to be a D&D kind of themed murder mystery. So I'm trying to decide if the p- people who are there to play, are they actually going to be in like characters in D&D where they would have abilities? Like, is there going to be a wizard who can do wizardly things and there's a cleric who can do clerically things? How do I incorporate that without totally breaking the mystery? Um, so I'm thinking that it might be, uh, so I think Tanner actually was the one who suggested in, in, um, discord that they can do like one thing, like the, the wizard could look for if there's any magical, uh, like the, the person who got murdered, was there a magical cause or something? So I'm still trying to figure out exactly how much, is it just going to be like wizards and barbarians and, you know, and knights at the party or wherever the murder takes place, or is there actually going to be like, D&D type rules into mm-hmm. the LARP. So that's where I'm at right now, which means I have not started hardly at all. But I've got like a thousand things lined up. I've got things this week I have to do this week. Like I'm trying to prioritize and then, then I'll work on the next thing and then I'll work on the next thing and then I'll work on the next thing. Eventually the next thing will be that thing. So so anyway, I've stalled enough. Give us those <laughs> names. Yeah, so we have uh, the host whose benevolence and hospitality is matched by their melodrama and curiosity. Uh, We have the demon of light and darkness who watches over searing brightness and impenetrable shadows. Uh, And this demon will actually be written by uh, one of my friends who's Frankie Garza. They are Frankie Extra on Twitter. Um, They are fantastic. They have a uh, a Sentai-themed follow quest, um, which is like a playset for the game Follow. It's Hmm. fantastic. Um, I have The Demons of Lies and Deceit, Whose Illusions Tapestry the Whole of Creation, uh, written by Acer Tolentino of the Redacted Files. Um, we have The Demon of Bargains and Deals, Who Always Brokers Equal Exchanges in Both the Physical World and in Our Souls, uh, written by Toby Abad of A Single Moment and um, Screaming Queens, I want to say, a drag queen fiasco oh. playset. Um the Demon of Knowledge, whose hoarded libraries span the existence of all thought. Uh, guest written by Arabelle of original Singularity fame, which has been nice. um, really, really overwhelming. Uh, the Demon of the Hunt, who revels in athletic prowess and competitions fair and otherwise, uh, who I have written. Uh, the Demon of Scorn, who takes in those shunned and who forges weapons made of spite itself, uh, who also I have written. Uh, the Demon of Upheaval, whose destruction levels cities and unmakes kings, uh, written by Korv of the Blue Dawn podcast, and also another one of my favorite RPGs ever written. Uh, it's called uh, There Is No Way Out of This Arena, and it's about um, it's about futility and a gladiator match. Uh, you essentially, it's a two-player game. One person plays a gladiator, and the other person plays the arena who slowly kills the gladiator. Um <laughs> It's really bleak, and it's very fun for how bleak it is. <laughs> uh, the demon of nature's unbridled power, whose storms sink continents and who lives inside a single acorn, uh, by game designer and podcaster extraordinaire Nora Blake. The demon of the exchange and portioning out of power, who delights in both controlling and being controlled, 
uh, by Rob Abrazado, whose name is maybe familiar to multiple folks. My mother is calling me, uh, which is not the name of a demon, but it is what's happening on my phone. Um, the demon of repugnancy, who loves all things declared unlovable and who delights in all shapes deemed grotesque, who I have also written. Uh, the demon of pestilence, who gathers illnesses, parasites, and plagues like fine pieces of art, uh, written by Megan Tolentino of the Redacted Files podcast. Mm -hmm. The demon of excess, who delights in decadent indulgences and who abhors guilt of all forms, uh, by Dr. Melody Watson. Let me say that again. Dr. Melody Watson, game designer. Uh, the demon of dreams, whose nightmares rock the mountains and whose visions put the mistiest rainforests to shame, uh, by Shannon Dapper, also of the Blue Dawn podcast. So I'll, I have a lot of friends who I am really excited about <laughs> getting their, their writing for, um, and which is why I encourage you to please go out to the Kickstarter. Uh, you can find that at tinyurl.com slash rhg13dp, so Riverhouse Games 13 Demon Princes. Oh, all right. Or just search Kickstarter 13 Demon Princes. Probably will yeah. find it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, last we looked, we realized was it seventy eight percent? I think when I looked last, I think seventy eight percent. Yes. So and then um, so we'll just kind of finish out the talk here on the the Kickstarter portion at least. Is what what is the pledge levels and like what are people going to get? Is it a PDF, print on demand, hardcover book? What are we talking? Yep. So uh, the main kind of backer levels. Um, there's there's two. There's the PDF edition, which is uh, ten bucks. You get the the PDF of all the rules, you get a little quick start um, right away that gets you jumped in. Uh, when I was giving out the names of the demons, I said some of them were written by me. Those are the demons that are in the quick start right now that you can go play, um, including the host. Uh, then there's also the physical edition, which is going to be a soft cover print on demand through Drive-Thru RPG. Um, so when you back at that level uh, after the campaign is done, and the book is finished, uh, I will send out a essentially a print coupon to basically just print the book at cost and pay for shipping then. Um, you know, it's it's not the, the ideal situation. I, I would love to be able to say, hey, you gave me money, here's just the book. Um, but unfortunately, like the logistics of managing distribution is not something that I really have capacity to do right now. Yeah. Um, you win some, you lose some when you do a Kickstarter. Uh, so there's that. Um, both of those tiers have an option to also get the rules for Singularity uh, downloaded as a PDF as well. So um, after we started the campaign, Josh was um, a fantastic support and just said, hey, I really love what you're doing. I love how it looks. You, um, you're compensating your, your writers um, you know, ethically and appropriately for what they're doing. You're paying them for your work. Um, give out Singularity if you want to at a backer level. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, we have tiers for like retailers, and then um, because we're we're doing a TV show LARP, uh, I will have advertisements that I am selling in the book, uh, so you can um, get a full page ad for uh, just a hundred bucks. Um, pop that in there for all of eternity uh, for everyone who has thirteen demon princes to get. Nice. All right. Very um, very cool. 
Uh, so a couple other people look like they've joined chat. Uh, Tom is certainly with us at least. Uh, again, there might be a couple more. So if anyone has any questions, could be about 13 Demon Princes, could be about anything else, let them rip. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, Taylor and I are just going to keep chatting about whatever we want to, we want to <laughs> talk about. So is there anything else about 13 Demon Princes for the audience watching now? I'm hopefully I'm going to turn this around to an audio only here within the next couple of days. So there's a good chance that more people will hear. Anything else you'd want to say to someone who's thinking about maybe jumping on the Kickstarter with you? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, so there is an exclusive that mm-hmm. you will only be able to get through this Kickstarter, and mm-hmm. I'm not even making it as a backer level. Um, everyone who's involved in the production is going to get um, a hardcover copy of the book. Uh, it'll have maybe a little bit extra in it. It'll have like a couple thank you pages. Um, it'll be nice and glossy and hardcover. Like I'm going to pull out all the stops to make this look like the coolest thing. Um, so all the writers, any artists, um, layout, uh, we'll all get a copy um, of that hardcover. And there is a chance for backers and for people who don't even back uh, to get a copy of the hardcover. Um, so the first way to get a copy is everyone who is a, um, everyone who is a backer by the time that we fund will be uh, entered into a random drawing. So right now we are at 94 backers and we are at $1,577. Once we hit 2000, everyone who is a backer at that point will be uh, entered in to win a copy of this hardcover. Um, Additionally, uh, if you tweet the link to Singularity, so that tiny URL slash RHG13DP, or even just the Kickstarter link, um, as long as you, you tweet or share that link on social media, and use the hashtag 13DP, so 13 Demon Princes, um, I will will do a random drawing for that uh, that book as well. Um, so two ways, uh, at least at this point. Um, actually, you know, third way. This is the first time I'm announcing it. I was planning on Whoa, doing it tomorrow. Exclusive! Exclusive! Um, so if you... Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you if you review, if you play the game on your stream, uh, if you record a podcast of your folks doing it, um, if you do anything to promote and distribute um, any sort of like promotional material, uh, you will get a, a link to uh, a coupon to, to get this hardcover. That's the only guaranteed way of getting that hardcover edition. So, Michael, expect yours. Uh, <laughs> um, Autographed? Yeah. Like sign? Definitely autographed. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Um, That's a good segue because one of the events that I am planning on running at Akatacon this year will be a game of 13 Demon Princes. Pretty sure it's Arcadicon. Arcade. It's Arcadicon? Yeah, it's pretty sure that's what it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I will be bringing the game to Akatacon in as whatever development stage it is in. So that's... um, it's like a month and a half away. Uh, if we have, if we have the the game funded, if guest writers have started getting their demons back to me by then, uh, we will be playing those. Otherwise, uh, we'll be playing the kickstart, uh, the quick start um, demons. And then uh, I'm really excited about the game because it's really cool for conventions because you can have an audience there. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seeks to emulate shows like The Bachelor or uh, the Dating Game. Um, it's really fun to play like in a group of people, uh, and you get the like the placards that say like applause or mm. ah, um, and just imagine like horrible demons of spite and scorn uh, <laughs> doing these really cute dates. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, so Tom had asked, uh, how much uh, Skyrim time do you have logged? Don't ask me that um, because it's lots. Uh, <laughs> the the PS4 Skyrim edition, I have somewhere near like 120 hours on my longest playthrough. Um, I have like six or seven. I haven't played in years because I know that I have a problem with those games where that's the only thing that I will do. Um, Fallout 4, uh, no, Fallout 3. Um, I had my like longest thing. I had like over 450 hours logged on that. Um, I I got uh, some runner's injuries o- over one summer in high school and just sat and listened to like Minnesota hip hop and played Fallout 3. So now <laughs> anytime that I see Fallout 3, I hear like Rhyme Sayers Entertainment and then vice versa. Anytime I hear like um, Atmosphere, I think of post-apocalypse. Um, nice. It's a healthy uh, association. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so I think I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I... Um... I bought Skyrim because again, that's I'm, that's the game for me. Like I should yeah. absolutely love that game. So I bought that game uh, when I was going to have my surgery, when I had my tumor removed, and I knew I was going to be off work for about a month. I went out, I bought bought brand new copies, like fifty bucks, you know, whatever Xbox, and I played it for like seven minutes. Didn't like it, turned it off. I've never played it since. No, I did not. I did not even get through the like the intro scene. Like you start off like I think you're like you're in a wagon or your prisoners in like a dragon yeah. attacks. Didn't even get through the dragon attack. I'm like, nope, turn it off. I've never touched it again. Michael, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I just it didn't connect with me at all. I just not. Which again, I was on heavy medication. I, you know, maybe yeah. my brain wasn't working properly, but I just didn't connect with it, and I've never went back to it. Ah, uh, fair, but. Yeah, I but, yeah I love Skyrim. <laughs> but I uh, I'm that guy who I'm the reason why GameStop is a viable business model because I constantly rebuy games that I've already owned and then sold to GameStop and then rebuy them again. It's terrible. But I I have been rebuying old Xbox games on my Xbox One. It's like you can yeah. do like the digital version. So the original Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, is like one of my all-time favorite games. Love that game. Play it all the time. Yeah. The original Crackdown, I have okay. been logging tons of hours in that game. Yeah. Uh, it's so dumb, but I love that game. So I've been playing it. Um, and then obviously the new Spider-Man game that came out. I'm, it's, it makes me want to play the old Spider-Man, which I actually yeah. have the disc, but it's not working. Uh, which is okay. very frustrating. So, yeah, so I'm just rebuying all these old games that I used to love again, and I'm sure at some point I'll buy an Xbox 12 and I'll rebuy them again. It's it's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, so uh, someone had also asked, what are you doing after 13 Demon Princes? Um, that's probably going to be a longer answer, so let's, let's come back bit. to that. <laughs> uh, so someone else asked, what days are you going to run 13 Demon Princes at a Catacomb? Do you have an idea like... When, because it's not in the schedule yet, so hopefully it isn't yet. it'll be um, soon, but do you have a plan for that? Yep. So uh, I, I don't quite know exactly when yet. Uh, I would love to run it Friday night. Um, I don't, I'm also a morning person, so like Saturday morning at like 8 in the morning, I can guarantee you I'm running something uh, at a catacomb. I can guarantee you're not because we don't open until 9. Uh, Saturday morning <laughs> at 9 in the morning. I'm there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so when do you want me to run it? Um, because I listen, my schedule's open. Well, I'm assuming uh, you're going to need a room for that, though. It's probably not something you're going to want to do in the main game hall. So we'll have to look to see when we have 
when we have rooms open. Yeah. Uh, how long does it run? Like, was it a two hour, four hour, eight hour? Like, what are we talking for runtime? It's like hour and a half to two and a half hours, depending on how long you got folks in. Um, scenes move pretty quick. Uh, there's no like mechanics. It's all just kind of um, based on pacing. The host has the instructions of maybe like five to ten minutes each scene, depending on how many characters there are. Okay. Because I, I think. I mean, we, we have quite a few games, events already scheduled, but I mean, something like two hours or so, we could probably fit in pretty easy, but we're running out of room for four-hour slots. Like, there's not yeah. that many left. Um, Which is a good problem to have. It is. Because uh, so, we, we have a ton of podcasters that are coming. It's kind of, it's almost funny at this point. We have yeah. so many podcasters coming doing live shows and live events. It's just insane. Um, but we're really behind on people coming, like players. Um, okay. Like the goal was 700. Right now we're about 200. So we're okay. way under where I was hoping we were going to be. I'm hoping this month, you know, it'll trickle in because, and this is getting all into Michael and being crazy and everything. Last year we did the Kickstarter where we sold badges. So we yeah. had like over 100 people, or I think it's like 150 people who bought their badge through the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Well, this year we only did VIP. So we had 25 people who bought the badge. So there's like 125 people. That would have already bought the badge, but they didn't. But not all of them have now. Because I, I kept thinking, well, they're, they're going to buy their badges now, but they haven't yet. So I don't know if they're not going to, or if it's just like, since there is no Kickstarter, there's no incentive to buy early. So maybe they're going to buy it two days beforehand. But yeah. but every day we get closer to it, and I don't see that number going up, I start to get a little bit... You start to sweat a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, you know everything's already paid for. So at this point, so even if it's just us... We still yeah. have the event hall. We're still going to play the game. Still going to be a great, great time. I'm just going to be like $7,000 in the hole because <laughs> I don't, I got to sell badges. Uh, yeah. But I did sign a contract. That, that sounds more official than it is. There's a couple guys who work in Dayton. They have an actual marketing firm. That's their job. But it's a really, it's like a two man operation and they're both gamers. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, nice. So uh, I've hooked up with them and they are now running marketing for us. So they're, uh, like we sent, I actually sent out an actual press release, uh, which is something I probably should have done, but I didn't. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, on TV next Monday uh, for a local Dayton TV show to do like a like Dayton community live type of thing. So I get like a 15 minute segment on their morning show to talk about a catacomb, which I'm terribly nervous about. But I'm really Dude, hoping it's going to be so cool. It's <laughs> hopefully I'm just, I'm afraid I'm going to like blah, 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 you know. Because I do that sometimes. Like, I like to talk. I'm, I'm comfortable. But I do, you know, sometimes I get really fast or I mumble. And I love to ramble, as you know. Anyone who listens knows I like to ramble. So I'm afraid that it's going to take me so long to go through my stuff that we're not going to get to any of the points of actual, you know, information that needs to be presented to anybody. So yeah, it should be interesting. But they um, they told me to bring some games to set up, like, as a backdrop. So now I'm yeah. trying to figure out, like, oh, my God, what do I bring? I have... All of these games, like, what do I want to showcase? So, trying to figure out, like, strategically, what do I have that's eye-catching but not distracting? And so, yeah, so that's been my obsession right now is I have a – they told me I have a two-foot by four-foot table. Okay. And I'm literally about to the point where I'm going to mark that out and yeah. configure different configurations to decide what I want to bring and how I want to set it up. Do you mind stalling for just two seconds? No, of course not. Okay. Um, so, there's a couple people that had asked some questions. So, yeah, so short man, Ian, uh, yes, if you go to acatacon.com, the front page, there's, there's links to where you go to buy the badges. It's actually like Dayton slash 
or Dayton half hyphen live slash RPG Academy or whatever. But if you go to our site first, there's just a quick link will take you straight there. And you also, there's a link that you can see the event schedule as I'm updating it. That's not the one you will register off of. We are getting really close to that being done, fingers crossed. Uh, but I'm updating it as I go so you can see where things are currently scheduled and what time and who's running all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but it hasn't quite got into the actual registration system just yet. Uh, and yes, all the other network shows, I I know at least on social media, people are talking about it. I would assume that Taylor's coming. So hopefully at some point you've said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah. uh, yep. So, so same thing with our guests. I know, you know, obviously James D'Amato is going to be there. I I don't know for sure because I actually haven't listened to the last couple of their episodes. I'm kind of behind on stuff. But usually he says, hey, I'm going to go be a Metatopia. I'm going to be at a Catacon. Uh, so I assume most of the people who are coming are mentioning it on their social media. So I'm as, as nervous as I'm getting. There's also a part of me that got nervous last year and then we were fine. I, I think it's just going to come at the end. I think the way that we've done it this year has lent itself to people buying their badges a few weeks before because the Kickstarter – there's an incentive like you have to buy it within a 38 day period if we don't fund it doesn't happen so there's people that will buy a badge maybe not even knowing for sure if they can come to help support us but now they may want to wait to say i don't know if i'm gonna get off work that week you know i don't know for sure if i can even come so let me wait until i know to buy a badge or not so hopefully yes we will get closer and closer and i think badges will start to pour in yeah uh so targus was mentioned that uh hearing a catacomb on other podcast again we have a ton of podcasts that are coming there's actually mm-hmm. quite a few local podcasts here in cincinnati so they're that if they're coming i assume they're also promoting the fact that they're coming to do live shows uh broadswords former members of the network coming james damato a whole bunch of the one-shot people you meet in a tavern which is a very popular actual play now uh one-shot onslaught which is fairly new but they were actually mentioned on uh maximum fun the adventure zone Oh wow! So, so I don't I don't know if they like bought an ad because you can do that, or if they were just like mentioned by Travis or whatever. So they're coming doing a live show, uh, Geek Wars. You know, obviously Dungeon Masters Block has a huge following. They're coming. Uh, oh yep, don't split the podcast network will be there. Split the party podcast will be there. Shane from Total Party Thrill. So yeah, there's so many podcasters coming. This is kind of crazy. So anyway, so yes, uh, thank you for stalling. Um, if I sent you a copy of Riverhouse Games Volume One. Uh, would you possibly maybe put it in front of the people watching the Dayton uh, news show that you're going to be on? Absolutely, but I would need it by next Monday. I can, uh, listen, mail happens fast. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, absolutely, because I'm going to do a mixture of role-playing games. So obviously I'm going to have D&D 5e, like that's a given. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe Fate, Fate Core might be a good one. Um I don't know, Shadow of the Demon Lord, I love that game, but again, I don't exactly know who the audience is going to be. Maybe Star Wars. So I'm going to have four or five role-play game books, and I'm going to have several board games. Going to have Hanabi. If, if I get a yep. chance to, like, talk about a game, I'm going to teach the, the person interviewing me how to play Hanabi. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, I want some, like, eye-catchy, you know, uh, King of Tokyo, uh, Dragonfire, I think is a good-looking game. Um, Shane mentioned, um, oh, crap, what's that? It's the zombie game. Dead of Winter. Uh, oh, Dead of Winter would be uh, like with all a the little, game. all the things. So I'm going to have some of those out there. So I've already got some ideas, but I'm probably going to show up with way more than I need and then kind of make it work. But 100%, yes, if you send me that game, I will put it as best I can in the front of everything. Nice. Thank you. Uh, no problem. <laughs> all righty. 
Uh, yes, Targus. I don't know if Shadow of the Demon Lord, there there might be a grandma in the audience, but who knows? Maybe grandma's like, fuck it, let's play, you know? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? That was my one for my PG-13 rating, so we're done. We so only get one. We only get one. I just wasted it. <laughs> and you just, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So, but yeah, so Catacon stuff is well going. Um, the marketing people have, obviously, they've already helped the, the TV thing. They're working on getting some print media. They've got some posters that are going to just plaster in all the local businesses and game stores and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so hopefully we'll start to see things trickle in. Um, so we did our, we're doing our monthly games at a game store. I don't know if you've been seeing that on Twitter. Uh, Tom kind of took the reins and we partnered with a new game store. And once a month we run one shots uh, that are not necessarily adventures league or pathfinder related. They can be, but they're not mm-hmm. specifically that. So I ran Scooby-Doo dread last night. Went over very well. Uh, I had a really good time. A couple people said it was one of the best versions of, you know, any sort of like that type of game that they'd ever played. So that makes me very happy. Um, I don't think I'm scheduled to run it at a Catacon this year, though. I think with all the other things I got going on, it's slipped. But I might do like an off the books thing. So Okay. All right. So anything else about a Catacon you want to chat about before we move into maybe the other project that you got working? Yeah. um, Just like... Aside from, like, all the promotional stuff that you'll see folks doing and, like, people talking about what's going to be there, um, like, a Catacon is still one of my favorite conventions just for meeting folks who are amazing people. Um, I made some of the... some I People who I consider, like, my best friends in the, like, RPG community, I met at a Catacon. Um, these are people who I have made like incredibly close connections with and who two years later after my first Akatacon in 2016, I'm like working on big projects with, or, you know, like still in daily communication with, or just, you know, people who I can't imagine my life without, um, I met and hung out with and had fun with and made those connections at Akatacon, um, so, like, even if you go and you don't play a single game, which you will, because there are so many games happening at a Catacon. Again, we are um, now we got more games than players, so <laughs> it's a bountiful. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a joy to be there. Um, and I love it. So, like, from the bottom of my heart, like, if you're listening or watching this, like, go get your ticket now. Um, Please. Like, be at a catacon. I love it. <laughs> uh, so Targus asked about submitting the game. So there is no actual deadline. You can submit a game right up until the day of, and then you can always run it as a pickup game at the place. But if you get a game in after registration opens, it's much less likely that you're going to get players or easily get players. So VIP registration is supposed to go live this Sunday. Again, as of this actual moment, the system is not working. Uh, Row is hard at work there's a couple little tweaks we're trying to get taken care of he really confident that we're going to be ready to go live this sunday for vip registration if it goes well there's no hiccups or we can quickly adjust to anything that really does have to be fixed assuming that then next sunday after so i guess the 14th will be general registration which is when we'll all open it up to everyone so realistically you probably need it in by the 14th if you want a good chance to get a lot of people into your game yeah. Tom, yeah, that's this is how I feel about a catacomb. Tom said you just talking about a catacomb this way is too real. All the emotions. <laughs> like that yeah, driving back from a catacomb I was a changed human being. 
So it's one of those things where, and again, I, I, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. I know all the people who are listening now and watching this now, they're all on board. They get it. But it's one of those things where at the time, I'm so focused on trying to run things and organize things and make sure everyone has a good time that it's very, very stressful for me. And I don't enjoy a catacomb nearly as much as I should. But after it's over and I start reflecting back on it, that's mm-hmm. where my enjoyment comes in. It's like, oh, you know, people are telling stories and again, they're making friendships and I'm, people are talking about it online. And, and again, just having people say, you know, I went last year is, is a great or is, I mean, several people have said it's their favorite convention they've ever been to. And mm-hmm. every time that comes up, I'm always like my heart just melts a little bit. It's like, OK, that, that makes it worthwhile to do. But the actual process of making it happen has become unbelievably stressful for me. Yeah. Uh, so I need that after. I need that sort of reflective time like, oh, okay. Okay. This is why. This yeah. is why we do it. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, I pull a Band-Aid off or it's like, you know, exercising to lose weight. Though that's a terrible example because I can't do that. <laughs> but it's like you don't enjoy it at the time. It's when you're done you can reflect back on go, okay, now I see what the yeah. effort has brought me type of a thing. So. Awesome. Okay, so you kind of touched on a little bit, but I, I I know some inside baseball that one of the people that you met at a catacon that you were currently working projects with is RKL uh, yeah. Richard Kurtz Landry. Uh, which I did you meet Rich at that catacon, or did you guys meet other places? No, we met at a catacon. Right. Uh, he was in the um, Planescape Second Edition D and D game that Darcy Ross ran. Nice. Um, and Darcy, we, one of my favorite people. Yep. Darcy is fantastic. Um, we we hit it off at a catacon, um, and then cut to now uh, when we are co-designing a game along with Rich Howard and uh, Brandon Leon Gambetta, um, both phenomenal game designers. Richard is as well. Um, I am like, th- there are days where I just go, I am working on a project with these three geniuses. Um, but we are making Descent into Midnight, which is a an aquatic, emotional, powered by the apocalypse game about uh, psionically gifted reef defenders. Um, and it's one of the weirdest games that I've ever played, <laughs> that I've ever made. Um, it's also genuinely my favorite RPG. Um, I have so much love for this project that I am working with, working on with these genuinely amazing people. Um, every day I am surprised by the work that we are doing on this game and how fantastic it is. Uh, and that's not just me saying that to like get folks into it. Like, Descented to Midnight is really good, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can learn more at DescentIntoMidnight.com. We actually just this week um, put out our first public playtest packet. Um, so anyone can go download, read the game as it is, uh, play it with their friends. We have seven playable play t- uh, playbooks. Um, and, you know, this is something that we've been working on for the better part of a year that we've been playing at uh, conventions, that we've been doing, like, on game- online games for, that Rich has just been fantastic about promoting. Uh, Rich Howard, for those who are unfamiliar, is uh, at Umbral Walker on Twitter and is just, like, the go-to for aquatic role-playing games. Um, like I'm, there are moments where I just get like speechless talking about Descent into Midnight. Um, I, I love it so much. It's it's very emotional. Um, it's it's super cool. It's very high concept. It's very alien. 
there's this is a world and a universe where humans do not exist have not existed um and you are playing these creatures and these um these animals these people that live underwater in this fantastic world that you are creating on the spot along with your fellow players it's just a fantastic like world creation exercise um it's a really great job at getting into character and then like i keep saying i feel like i'm a broken record about just like how emotional it is both positive and like with really intense emotions um some of the like happiest cutest moments that i've ever had role playing have been with descent into midnight which is strange when you read it um but then also some of the most like intense and harrowing role playing experiences have also been descent into midnight um i it's just fantastic and yes uh ian put it in the chat uh there is descent into midnight uh there was a descent into midnight game on uh, Akatacon line, which was the online uh, Akatacon pre-con, right? Yeah, and I was a player in that. Yeah. Um, did Ri- Richard ran that, right? Mm-hmm, I believe so. It's honestly, mm-hmm. I-, I remember that that moment. I was so tired. Like, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but something was happening. I was like barely awake, but I wanted to play. It was yeah. a fun time, but like the moment it was over, I was like, I got to go. And then <laughs> like, I, I remember my character pretty well. I don't remember hardly anything else about that game. I remember it ended, it was like a Star Trek sort of crossover where like a... The a, Enterprise sank and like a vision. Yeah. So that was that was after, before we decided that there's no humans. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I think it was sort of like, a, you know, again, it's like a universal thing. Like there may not be any humans on that particular planet, but, yep. you know, it was like a, a, a wave shuttle or something. I don't think it was Enterprise mm-hmm. itself leaking like dilithium crystal radiation or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it was really cool. Uh, I really, I liked it. It was definitely uh, one of the things that I, because I'm not the biggest fan of Powered by the Apocalypse, so I'm starting to move in that direction based on a few really good examples of the game. But I do really enjoy how it does the world building. Like when you create yeah. your team in masks and when you create the world in that, in that game, I really enjoy that aspect because it's just like free form brainstorming creation and people are building on your ideas and you're like, you know, this is our baby now. We get to go play in it. I love that aspect of it. So even if you don't really like the the type of game that that might give you which i don't know why you wouldn't but if you don't just the way that you create together i think that's just fun like i wouldn't even have to play the game just creating the world is awesome i love that i love hearing that i love hearing <laughs> about people's experiences with descent to midnight so thank you mike uh targus who is in the chat um said pleasure of playing twice so far both games were completely unique and fun um and like that's really it. Like every single game of Descent into Midnight is something that is uniquely different. Um, but they all have that like special soul uh, to the game. And it's that that soul, that, that like continuing thread between all of these completely vastly different worlds and universes um, is one of the things that just like keeps me engaged and keeps me loving the work that we're doing on it. So, so what's the plan? I mean, is this something we're going to see in Kickstarter next year? I'm glad that you asked, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, we are we are looking to um, get it into more public playtests, polish the beta more. Um, I'm going to be bringing it to a Catacon, and I will also be bringing it to Metatopia uh, this year to really refine it, um, and then the beginning of next year we are looking to start doing our like promotional like spin and cycle building up the hype for real uh and then launching the kickstarter in the uh, like 
second half-ish, uh, in the later, maybe as we approach late summer, early fall, um, to, to get it kickstarted and, and produce the game. Very, very cool. Well, I look forward to that. And certainly when we get to that time, uh, we'll have you back on and we can talk all about that and maybe do a trial or live play or something of it. And maybe I won't be asleep this time and I will enjoy <laughs> it. Even, I enjoyed it that time, but maybe I'll enjoy it even more if I'm actually awake. Yeah, um, I'd love to have you in it. I, I could bring the, my same character. I played a septopod. I was an octopus that had an arm missing. So I was a, uh, what is the se- seven armed octopus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm still kind of working on a Kickstarter of my own for early next year. Though, yeah, with, again, with, about it. with everything else that's going on, it is another thing that's backburnered. Uh, but I'll continue to run the Dragon Spine Adventure. It's the one I wrote for specifically for brand new players. I've, I'll probably run it now a dozen or more times at different conventions. I've now been playing around with running it at first level, running it at third level, I've run it at second level. Uh, and the idea is that it would be what I'm calling a My First Adventure as well as mm-hmm. a directed adventure. So we would have audio supplemental material for the DM. Like, you know, this is how you run initiative. Click here and you can actually hear me go, okay, roll initiative and then organize it and call through it. And, um, you know, so it's like like someone who's never ran a game before. It's as easy as I could possibly make it for you to learn how to run a game mm-hmm. of D&D 5e. Uh, so I've got all these grand plans. That so far, that's I'm an idea person. I'm good at coming up with great ideas. Not always great about the follow through. So, yeah. but but that is still the plan as of right now, as early next year. Uh, and I may even honestly may even do kind of like what you're doing a little bit, where I do the Kickstarter to get the funds to pay people to help me make the game, rather than waiting because not a game, the adventure because the adventure is written. I've run it so many times. I could I could run it by memory. What I don't know how to do is to translate that to the written word so that someone who's not ran it before will understand what I'm saying and be able to run it at their table. That's the skill that I don't have. And every time I've tried to write it, it's it comes into this really weird logic if-then puzzle where it's like I'll say, so this is what's supposed to happen. But if they do this, then you can do this. But if they do this, you can do this. And it's like I'm writing 30 pages on the first scenario, first encounter because I'm trying to go all the different ways that I've dealt with it when they've done things because I just adjust on the fly. Mm-hmm. But people who've never ran games before don't know how to do that. So I don't know how to translate my experience into a short yeah. written word. And that's where I'm struggling. I have all of the information. I just don't know how to make it to communicate it. And that's where like an editor would, would come in. And, you know, I want it to be art. I want to have maps. I want to have all that stuff. Uh, so I might do the Kickstarter and then kind of use that to like, okay, now I have to do it and I have money to pay people to help me. So um, this might just be like off in left field, but have you considered um, putting it down on uh, a program called Twine? Um, so Twine is uh, a really like beginner friendly scripting program for making uh, video games. Hmm. Um, and I've, I've used Twine to map out uh, like adventures that I'm planning or um, like to, to rough mock up like my storytelling voice uh, when I'm running games. Um, and you can essentially program it. And it's when I say beginner friendly, I have zero coding experience. I have n- like nothing. Like I could touch a computer and it starts on fire. I can still use Twine. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so you essentially write out like a choose your own adventure thing. And I know friends who use Twine to like plot out their novels, um, to like 
plot out you know other video games it's it's really great um in terms of both getting your voice on the page in terms of an interactive narrative but also plotting out a story that might have multiple branches to it um because you can see um see in like the visual sense uh both the like decision tree uh as well as what all of the writing and like scenes and um different choices are like on a textual level as well so you can kind of toggle back and forth um i love twine it's been a long time uh since i've used it um but you saying that like stirred the the heart inside of me again i'm like i should get back to twine yeah. the only thing that i would i guess be hesitant about that is i don't know that i need to find a better way to do all that if then i think mm-hmm. i need to find a way to not do that like, yeah. like, because okay. it's it's an adventure module. I I can't give them every conceivable option, yeah. so I need to find a way to say, like, like in my head, what's going to be? It's going to be like a one or two paragraph overview. In this scene, what's supposed to happen is the players come upon X. They're going to have an interaction. At the end of the interaction, there's going to be a combat. When the combat's over, this happens. That's mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen, and then tell them. They may decide to negotiate when you think they're going to fight, and they may may fight when you think they're going to negotiate. You're going to have to roll with that, but at the end, this is what needs to happen. So you just need yeah. to. So, but again, I don't know how to communicate thirty two years now of of DM and experience to to do that in a in a non novel length adventure. Like, I can't be seven hundred pages. You know, it's just not yeah. going to work. Um, so that may even be where the like, the audio comes in. I may say this is how it's supposed to work click here and I can give like a 30 minute dissertation on, well, this is what's happened to me. So the one yeah. time this person did this and one time this person did this. I, so I don't know. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to work on. So I don't know. Nice. Oh, Dirty Habanero made it just, uh, just in time hey. for us to probably end here pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, so throw it back into chat if anybody has any questions for myself or for uh, Taylor about even the projects that we're working on, a catacomb or just anything you want to talk about. Uh, we'll, Got a few more minutes, and then we'll probably sign off here. Uh, right now, we're doing an every other Wednesday with the Dragon Heist game that Tom is running. So next Wednesday will be Dragon Heist Episode 2. And then the Wednesday after that should be me back, some version of the live show. I don't exactly know what that's going to look like yet. And that's going to be the plan going forward, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. And then I don't know where... Right now, where a catacomb falls in, but there might be a week I just skip it because I can't, you know, I, I don't know if it falls on my week or in Tom's week or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should be getting back to at least the live show. Audio podcasts are still going to be very sporadic, probably for the rest of the year. I have a show and tell will be coming out in a couple of weeks for a Kickstarter. I'm going to turn this into an audio only, but it's basically just going to rip it. I'm not going to do some editing. So, but it will come out at some point. Uh, nice. but, but there's really not a whole lot of extra. Other than the secret project that I can't tell anyone about yet. Ooh. Hopefully soon. And it, it's exciting, but it's not crazy exciting. I don't want anybody to like flip out. But I'm excited about it for a couple different reasons. Primarily is it involves the original online crew. Myself, Scott, Matt, and Caleb. We are getting together for a project that all four of us are going to participate in. It'll be the first time we've played in months even though rod iron ended like six months ago it had been like nine months since we played um so it's been a long time since the four of us have had a chance to play together this is bringing us together uh so super excited about that aspect and then what it is in itself is kind of cool but there should be some official announcements very soon 
Dun, dun, dun. I'm super stoked for that secret project because it's got all four of you, you yeah. folks getting I, back together. I know, getting the gang back together. It's like a <laughs> it's like a heist of no. Um, so, short man Ian asks, "What are you most looking forward to to a catacomb besides reflecting after?" Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Like as, as sad as it is, I don't even know what other people are running. Even though I'm the one who's put, putting the schedule together, it's so mechanical. I'm like. Friday, four o'clock, two hour long, you know, I'm not absorbing yet what is going to be available and what I'll even have time to do. But uh, I'm doing a panel on DM and again, that's the one that I've, I've now done several times for doing it again. That has always been a good time. Uh, I'm running Dragon Spine again, which again is always a good time. And I am going to do that LARP one way or the other. <laughs> like it may be a disaster, but it's on the schedule for eight players Plus, I've got several people who've already volunteered to be NPCs. Matt wants to be the body. So we're going to have some network people and faculty members there being the NPCs that interact with the, the players. My goal is to have roughly 20 people total. So tw- eight players and up to up to 12 NPCs in various roles. Uh, it's going to be something. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, also terrified. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, just uh, I'm excited to get to the day because then I can stop worrying. Because at that point, it's just putting out fires but the next three days will go by so fast and then i'll go back and go okay let's think about what happened let's enjoy what we can learn from what we can learn from and then look at you know what we're going to do if anything in your i say it every year there's no guarantee there's going to be another one of these uh we'll see how i feel after it's over dun 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 so there's any other notes Yeah, so Dirty Heaven Arrow probably isn't going to be able to make it this year. If there are any in the future, hopefully you'll be able to make it one of those. But uh, So, Taylor, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Do you have anything, last things, just anything at all you want to talk about before we sign off? Yeah, so I want to plug 13 Demon Princes again. Uh, you can find it on Kickstarter under the name 13 Demon Princes. You can find it also uh, by going to tinyurl.com slash rhg13dp so that's riverhouse games 13 demon princes so check um, to see if you got any any more backers since we've been on here i have not um i have just kind of gotten used to the mid campaign slump uh i do have like 180 people who have favorited it oh um and if like 10 percent of those people turn into actual backers we will fund so please uh folks um so Here's the weird thing. Okay. Uh, I, I went up by one backer, but the dollar amount has not changed. Hmm. So we're still at 1577 out of our $2,000 goal, but we are now at 15 backers instead of, not 15, 95 backers uh, instead of 94. So, I mean, it's possible that someone pledged, but then changed another person, dropped a, their pledge a level. Yeah. Um, I'm betting that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Come here. Oh, I got a guest. Ooh. Aww. You're not supposed to be down here. I don't think I've ever seen your cat before, Michael. Yeah, this is Dr. Sami, named after the doctor who saved my life when I had a brain tumor. Uh, my my uh, therapy cat, or I should say, or my... Uh, I can't even think of the word right now because my, my brain doesn't work. Um, when I was recovery cat, that's what I was like. When I was recovering from my brain tumor surgery, I wanted a cat. I'd been wanting a cat for a long time, so my wife got me one and... I kind of laid around with it for a month, so I wasn't playing Skyrim because my brain didn't work. Uh, but she pees on everything, which is awful. Good. <laughs> uh, so usually she's not allowed down here because she will pee on stuff. Uh, apparently, I didn't shut the door properly. Um, 
So I'll need to make sure she hasn't peed anywhere already. But uh, I don't think she's in here. This is all I care about. I she can pee over there all she wants. I don't want her to pee on any <laughs> of my game stuff or on the rug I'm standing on because then it'll smell like pee when we're playing games. But yeah. But she's actually a really good cat, though. She doesn't like the dog. We got a new dog fairly recently. And so, you know, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, all right. Well, anyways, I think that will do it. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our network. I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you more and more. I love what you do with your show. I'm so happy to see that this is being successful. I'm very excited not to downplay 13 princess, but I'm very excited about descendant to midnight. I've been keeping up with it a lot more, uh, you know, in the development process, obviously I'm interact with you and Richard and rich. Um, but I'm very excited to see where that goes as well. So if there's anything I can do to help you out, please just ask. And if nothing else, I'll see you in roughly a month and a half at a catacon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll see you in November. Yeah. Everyone, awkward wave out. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.